They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of G Splash, aka the dopest podcast on earth. Season number four. Big season. Big Good season. Stuff. We've been on a, we've been missing lately. We have, yeah. Take us off the milk carton, folks, because we have been found. We've been found. That's a great song, by the way, at the beginning. I love that. Is that new? <laughs> now it's actually been the, uh, the same song we've been. Never heard it. Never listened. Never listened to the, to podcast. the podcast or the song. Never. <laughs> So, great song, though. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Anyway, season four. We've been doing this for five years. <laughs> Welcome Wait, back. How, how that makes sense, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm busy. I got stuff. Oh, uh, but this is the first, I guess the first official recording of the podcast in our own studios. Our own studios in New York City, folks. Brooklyn, to be precise. So, Brad and I started this podcast you're listening to about... Four or five years ago, something like that, uh, when I lived in Boise, Idaho, and he had just recently moved to New York City. It was a good way for us to keep in touch and be able to talk about nerdy stuff and geek news and all this stuff that we both loved and really connected on. Uh, and so we decided to keep in touch and we'll record a little podcast. Hee hee ha ha hoo hoo. A lot of fun, a lot of years, a lot of followers, a lot of listeners, you know, the whole thing. Money, cars, women, you get it. Except for we didn't get any of Rock stars. But... Uh, we kept our friendship very well intact, and now I have finally moved from my little Boise, Idaho world to New York City. We live in a great apartment in Brooklyn, and not together. My wife's with us. Well, we do live together, but you know what I meant. And <laughs> it started sounding like we were dating for a second. <laughs> and uh, and now we have our own uh, Jeep Splash recording studios. Yes. Potentially brought to you by Gimlet Media. <laughs> Can I say that? I said potentially. They might bring us on at some point. Well, not anymore. <laughs> well, not anymore. I just ruined that. Burned that bridge. <laughs> Anyways, that's the story of G-Splash. So if you enjoy two best friends goofing around and uh, talking about geek culture and the latest awesome news stories, Brad, I'll tell you the whole spiel. Uh, you're going to love, bu- uh, <laughs> I almost said you're going to love Buck the Quote. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. You're going to love G-Splash. Uh, yes, G-Splash is where we kick you six news stories from pop culture. It could be anything from movies, comic books, TV shows. Uh, fucking computer games and the really. latest TikTok from Chris. If he wants, to, I can't I help but notice now that we're recording in person. Yes, that uh, that you are keeping the microphone a considerable distance away from your mouth. Yes, I have the microphone inside my mouth. I don't yeah, know if you noticed that. I'm I'm actually very impressed that you are be able to speak with the microphone yeah, down it your is throat. Quite literally and in me. I thought it was an ice cream cone for the first forty five minutes of this. So. Now I'm learning this is the thing I talk into. Yeah, if you okay. just talk straight into it like you this. You don't need to put it in your mouth. Just a little, a little room. I like how the rip- ripples feel on my, my lips. Well, now it's even more gay. Yes. Well, or... <laughs> wow. Anyways, keep it rolling. And that's the last episode of G-Splash. <laughs> Thanks. We've been G-Splash. You have a great night, folks. There's nothing wrong with being gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was saying. I just, it felt pretty gay. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> not that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. 
Uh, yeah, so this is the first episode recording in, uh, in our living, I guess in our G-Splash studios, whatever. Yeah, we sure. we got a <laughs> Not our living room. <laughs> it's not exactly set up. Uh, our, our offices aren't 100% set up, but once we get that going, oh we'll be able to do some video, video content. content. Yeah, we're yeah, going to do yeah, some yeah. design content. G-Splash is about to really take off now that we're together and we can start doing a little more stuff. Damn right. Uh, for those who have been wondering, uh, today we are talking... The end of WandaVision yes. and wrapping that up, uh, yep. we decided to bring that over from the next episode series that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we figured that we just, there's so much going on that we should just knock it out in one piece. And yeah. we're also going to talk uh, some Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, coming up this coming Friday. Friday. Yes, I know yeah. we slept on uh, WandaVision a little bit for the last couple weeks, but we figured that would give some good time for everyone to watch the finale, maybe marinate a little. We can revisit some of the things we thought. Exactly. Uh, it'll end up being perfect, I think. And yes. we were moving, so it had to happen. And we'll continue uh, the next episode series that we do uh, with Falcon Winter Soldier. Yes. Starting possibly as early as Friday. As early as Friday, we could definitely do that. That's a the next episode. Barely an inconvenience. The next episode is a great little sub podcast we do. This uh, G Splash, the main show that you're currently listening to, usually runs anywhere between fifty two minutes and an hour and ten minutes. Uh, We try and keep the next episode down just under thirty minutes, and we really just kind of deep dive into our feelings on each episode of whatever show we're watching at that point, which, like Brad said, will be the Falcon and Winter Soldier this coming Friday. So look for that, and uh, let's kick this son of a bitch off. I like that you gave us a brand new rundown, like this is a whole new You know, it's a whole new thing. All right. People are just getting in. Now the show's really about to take off, you know? Like getting a couple years. We in it. All right, let's bust out this news, baby. Uh, I'm going to keep this one off first, Chris. Uh, do you remember a thing called Movie Pass? I do remember Movie Pass. Movie Pass was ride. a big old thing a couple years ago, and boy, did it take over the world, the nation. It was pretty insane. I, I mean, everyone was talking about it. Everybody wanted to hop on. Everybody had questions about how it could possibly work. I was work. running that. They might be making a return of some sort. Ooh. Uh, after more than a year of radio silence, the Movie Pass website suddenly launched a countdown this week. Uh, the website simply reads, The movie is about to start. Ooh. Along with a clock, Intriguing. I wouldn't say there's a clock, but it's more of like an hourly countdown. Yeah, it's not like it's like a second like counting down by a second. It's more just like eh, maybe in the next couple of days. Yeah, it just says uh, it's set to run out on Monday, March 22nd. But that is all the information that they give. What do you think that they're up to? I'm glad you asked they were that. making some weird moves towards the end there, and they were getting caught up in some schemey, slimy stuff. No, we like. know what it is, but in case you at home don't understand what pass is after all these little jabs we've taken, basically the idea was you paid a monthly fee of blank dollars, and you could go see unlimited movies at the movie theater in with huge asterisks on that. Uh, you know, you couldn't see the same movie twice in a period. They had a bunch of stipulations. It was always changing, too. In the beginning, it was, you can see as many movies as you want. And then they were like, But it can never be the same movie. Yeah, no, it can't be the same movie. And then it'd be like, well, now it's only between these days. And they were running out of money and hemorrhaging. It was this whole deal. Uh, so it was a cool idea. I think, this is my take, I am under the impression that Movie Pass Now will be a digital video streaming service. In the sense that we just currently watched... Raya and the Last Dragon, Disney Plus, $30. I'm thinking you pay a membership to MoviePass to have their app, an app fee, and you can stream movies that go to theaters. Maybe not the big boys, maybe not 
Raya, because that's a Disney, and they're going to want to do that themselves. Maybe not a Kong versus Godzilla, but like other stuff. Basically, any any like what all the movies that, that don't go to the main platform that are like, and that's the thing too. Like Cherry came out, right? But Cherry was free to watch on Prime. No, it was on Apple. Uh, was it free to watch? With an Apple if TV. If you had an Apple. So I'm saying you pay this to movie pass. Now you don't have to have Apple TV. You can watch Cherry. Like it might be this kind of strange conglomeration of movies like from different properties. Like a la carte. You think like a a la carte with different studios Yeah, involved. it's like if you think about it, and this is just absolutely speculation, but I'm thinking if I'm the movie pass people, I might say, okay, so here's the deal, Apple. This person, person A and person B. Person B has a subscription to Apple Plus, so they're going to watch Cherry there. Person A is interested in Cherry but doesn't want to get Apple Plus. We'll give you a cut of whatever they pay us monthly if they watch that movie and this, that, the other thing. So it's going to be like this weird hodgepodge, like voodoo kind of. Do you think it'll be movies that are in theaters? I think it. W- I think that's what it will be because with voodoo, V-U-D-U, yeah, voodoo. Well, that's turned in. That one is just like the movies that nobody else wants. But it's also, well, it's like movies on demand. Or exactly. mo- movies anywhere. Movies anywhere. But this will be like something yeah, so like that? I mean, I mean I don't, I, it could it's be a theater-based thing. It could be like. It's interesting because the movie industry is upside down right now, right? It's flipping. I always thought it was very interesting that MoviePass, that the way that we always talked about, it used to be like, how can they possibly be making money? They're charging $30. They're having to pay out the theaters. I mean, it was, and that's not us. It was, it was back when like that data collection was peaking. Exactly. And it's not us. Like the articles came out later. They were like, from the day MoviePass launched, it was hemorrhaging money. Like day one on, it never made a dime. But, I'm thinking now, like, when we have to look at their business model, why do they do new releases? Their whole pitch should have been, after a movie's been in theaters for four weeks, it's eligible on MoviePass. To try and get people to go to the theaters to see the movies they didn't see new or they forgot about. You know what I mean? Those I ones the, like, I'm eh, not going to go this weekend. Yeah, I know I know what you're saying, but I think the window is too is way too small I think it's too, too short. Now. You're right. It's too small. Especially now with, I mean, HBO Max putting movies same day. Straight out. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm I'm very intrigued. Or, you know, it's probably going to be, maybe it'll just be boring. It'll just be like, movie pass. It's exactly what it was before, but you can only see one movie a year or something. <laughs> it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all your all your streaming services right here, right here, and one thing we we make it so you when you click on this, it opens the other apps for you. <laughs> ten bucks Movie a month. Movie pass. Ten bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what figures? Who oh, knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. What the hell? I think. I Speaking need of it. overkill, Chris. Oh boy, overkill. Let's dig into it. Uh, this story I titled "The Snyder Demic Continues." So. Early reviews are in, and it is no surprise here, folks, but the extended Snyder cut of Warner Brothers' Justice League is still a stinker. Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday, it'll be this Friday. Uh, it's still a stinker with some positive to mixed reviews. I want to dive into those a little more, but the uh, the four-hour mega piece, parentheses here for everyone at home that I just learned, there are ten different cuts of the Snyder cut, the longest of which being four hours. That's... Primarily the one that's going to be on HBO Max. Um, anyways, that will premiere on HBO Max this Friday, and critics are already all over this spandex-laden disappointment. Um, basically, the consensus in some cases is that the Snyder Cut is much longer Justice League, but it's not a better one. Now, I say in most cases because, that said, there are some critical reviews that are coming in that are positive, saying that it is a more intact version of Snyder's vision, which it absolutely should be, and that's a good thing. Basically, they're saying 
if there's a pile of shit and it stinks, and then right next to it is the same pile of shit, but it doesn't stink, that you're going to more favorably want to step in the pile of shit that doesn't stink. None of these reviews coming out are saying, it's a marvel, it's amazing, it's a totally different movie. Basically, all the reviews are coming out saying, it's you can see where he was going, it's longer, it's got a little more fluidity in the plot, but that doesn't make up for it just having kind of a convoluted story and not really working all together as one big piece. So anyways, um, are we going to watch it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Should you? I don't know. Um, I w- yeah, I don't know, man. We... we- I feel like we talk about this stupid cut. I'm I will be grateful to see the aftermath, I guess. Because Samesies. Because there's us always something new coming out of oh the, well they change this and get it. Let's just watch it. Soak it up for what it is. But again, this goes back with every theory that I say it ties back into this is I think these movies and sequels that come out thirty days after their original I, I mean 30 i say 30 days 30 days Ooh, quick turnaround 30, yeah no, no I, like 30 years later 20 years later even i mean it's like in game coming out again just to bypass or beat you know avatar but with more footage it's like it's not that big of a deal yeah see but what's it, honestly what's really the difference in the in the two hey what the diff <laughs> it's true it's true but i mean what are you really getting you're just getting what? In this one, at the end of the day, we're I, I am excited to see a more complete vision. Well, I guess, yeah, I but guess I'm not like I guess it's gonna come down to two things. One, we see it, we get we, you know, it's it's satisfying oh, okay. or it's not satisfying. We move on. Yeah. We're never and, getting and a we sequel. close we close that close that door. Yeah. Or the fans love it, which is very possible. Sure. Fans I mean I would say that because there was such a strong fan base that Wanted to see this movie happen so bad. Agree. That would shift the balance of the reviews, maybe. Also possible. And if it does well, as far as views, and obviously box, well, it's not going to be in the box office. So, but uh, it's subscribers are up, and everybody's rushing to see it. It's hard to say it wouldn't get a sequel or something. But this DC, I mean, we could talk forever about this, but we won't. Yeah. But this is this whole thing is like their whole catalog is messed up. Like it's always been messed up, and there's there's so many different branches. It's it's wild. It's a mess. It's a mess that's going to continue to be a mess until they reboot it or figure out whatever the hell they're gonna do next. Yeah, exactly. Um, but speaking of thrones to watch, Chris, this next one I call Watch the Throne Mm -hmm. because Deadline reports. Uh, reported on Saturday that Disney has confirmed that Avatar is the highest-grossing film at the global box office, a title that initially lost to Avengers Endgame in 2019, we just, which we just talked about. Uh, but the reissue of the film in China only began on Friday, and it has already brought in an estimated of $12.3 million since. That's just in a day, folks, and I've, I think that brought in more money than Tom and Jerry. Uh, pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Uh the worldwide gross for Avatar now sites at an impressive $2.8 billion, while in-game sits at a whopping 2.7. That's pretty, I mean, it's 7.9. It's actually pretty close. Pretty much eight. It's pretty much, I mean, it's, it's off by it's a couple hundred dollars. A couple hundred thousand dollars. A couple hundred. A couple of hundred dollar bills would really 
Disney um, wins either way, right? They own both properties. Disney's winning, winning, winning. Um, and I also think that this is going to be a. I don't. I think this will be a little bit of a jockey for a minute, but I, I don't see. If when Endgame passes Avatar again, I don't think there will ever be a repass. Avatar has been out for ever thirteen years. What about uh, Endgame has been out two? This is a well. This is a weird thing, though. This is on like this is untraveled territory because if COVID never happens, this doesn't happen. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, and they're always do releases. And Ti- they ha- Titanic got a release a while back. They did the re-release in theaters, and it made more money and jumped back up. And you know what I mean? Like they're, always, they're always do anniversary. The, the twenty-year anniversary of Titanic. It made an extra twenty million dollars in theaters because people went back. It, this was going Avatar is gonna have this one in China. It may, and then before the second one comes out, they'll probably do an American re-release. But Endgame is gonna be released. Three more times in the next ten years, and each time it'll make twenty five million dollars at least. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go to it when it comes back in theaters every time. Do you think this should count? I, I almost, I don't, and I do. Yeah. The reason that I don't is because I feel like it should be a separate subline. It's like this is how much it made on its initial release, which I know they do, but initial release in calculating inflation should be the one they go by. But the idea that a movie, just because it's popular, can get more re-releases, make more money, and look like it's bigger than it actually was, I don't know. But then the other side, I mean, the do part, I say do because things change, and a movie that's great and is going to make money is probably be for a reason. Like, seeing Titanic in theaters again, seeing Avatar in theaters again, seeing Endgame in theaters again, seeing the Star Wars trilogy in theaters again. It's something that you want to do because it's a really special experience. And so why shouldn't it benefit off being special? It's hard to make a movie. It's impossible to make a great in- movie. What's interesting is is how uh, Avatar is now considered a nostalgic thing, I guess. Oh, it reminds me of my childhood when I went and saw so my dad. And- exactly. That was Titanic's 20-year anniversary or whatever. It was like people were like, I'm, I was 13, and I'm taking my 13-year-old to see it. Like, it's a real father-son moment or whatever. I don't know why it'd be a father-son moment. Like, it could be. Well, I mean... <laughs> That's when I saw my first pair of boobs. Yeah, I saw my first pair of titties, and I want my kid to see his first pair of titties. Yeah, I mean, Disney wins at the end of the day. I don't think they need to announce it, though, every single no, time. too much. Just let it happen. It's like the passing of the torch. Like, like in get, like, Well, know. the one thing you can say, Brad, is that they have pride in their properties. And speaking of that, let's talk <laughs> about DC Comics. Uh, DC's got pride. How about you? So DC Comics has announced uh, some of their plans to celebrate Pride in June. Uh, first things first, the company announced DC Pride number one, which is actually going to be an 80-page anthology featuring LGBTQIA plus characters across the DC universe. Very cool. Um, the anthology will also feature full-page profiles of the DC TV LGBTQIA plus characters and the actors who play them. Um, so the features you're going to see in the comic book specifically in that 80-page anthology are Batman, Green Lantern. I um, see Batwoman. Bat- Did I say Batman? Yeah, Batman. Well, I just buzzed right over that. Batwoman, uh, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, Aqualad, a ton are in there. Uh, and also during June, multiple comics will feature Pride-focused variant covers. That's where there's a issue of Batman that will have a variant Pride color a cover. There's um, there's a few of those. So they're going pretty heavy on the... Um, 
on celebrating Pride Month and really highlighting that and spotlighting that, seen, which I think is awesome. Yeah, definitely. But have you seen have you seen any of these covers? I have not seen it. Nobody's seen any of the variants. Oh, nice. So yeah. just everything's gonna come out in June. Everything in June. It'll be a whole June thing. And those those like I, like I said, Batman was one. I think like there was another one that sounded interesting. I think it's gonna be fun to go and look at these covers. I imagine they're gonna have like. I imagine they're just going to be really cool and really special and have that. They're going to do some kind of cool marker or something special to celebrate. So I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I think I really like this story and why I picked it because, number one, I think it's important to highlight this. But I remember probably 2009, maybe, there was DC had the, the wedding, the gay wedding. And it was the first openly gay character. I think it might have been Alan Scott. Uh, it was the first openly gay character in mainstream, com- in mainstream get, comics. To get married? Yeah, it was the or wedding. It was a big deal. Like I think it was like I think it was two thousand nine. I thought Wiccan was like the first was like a gay, yeah, game. but that came later than this wedding. It was like hinted or something. But it was like a wedding where it was like this is the time the first confirmed blend and it was like in comic book stores they pitched it and people were pissed, like oh, comic book characters shouldn't be gay. And then <laughs> now you flash forward and that might have been not that could have been two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, who cares? All I know is now we're in two thousand twenty one and you have a huge main juggernaut comic company. No, I saying, think and I th- let's th- celebrate this. Yeah, and th- there's also people uh who want that whole story. So I think Absolutely. It's, it's important to it's make diverse important. characters with diverse um, backgrounds. Do you think uh, I noticed it said here and you said this that uh they'll do like profiles on the DC TV mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. Do you, is Ruby Rose uh not a, not involved anymore? She's gone. Yeah, they cut her out. They did. I can't remember who the other one said. You know, there was somebody from Supergirl or one, not Supergirl, um, Star Girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and have then you there watched was, it? I haven't. It's actually. It's, and there uh, were characters from a lot of the other properties. There's maybe a character from Flash. It kind of it gave a lo- pretty long list of the, all these profiles. So, a uh, cool. I'm gonna pick up that 80 page anthology. I think that's something cool to have in the collection. Very similar to one of the. Uh, I feel like Batman's thousandth thousandth anniversary. You know that was like a thick book. Yeah, yeah. Had multiple stories in mm-hmm. it. I love those. I think those are fun. Yeah, no, those bo- those books were d- were definitely good. So it's it's also good that they're gonna bring back some of these uh, characters. Uh, speaking of bringing it back, though, Toys R Us is back. Whoa! Again. Hold on. Again. Hold on, folks. Uh, True Kids, which is the parent company, has a new owner. Actually, I should start this back up. Hold up. So those who don't know. Toys R Us went bankrupt. They filed bankruptcy 11, and then somebody else bought them. See ya. Didn't do anything with it. Nope. Wow. I actually saw a documentary on that Toys R Us store in Times Square and how crazy it was. It was a great Toys R Us. It was. It had a uh, Ferris wheel. It was awesome. But they're back, though. Uh, a new owner has come to play, and they intend to reopen stores around the United States once again in a variety of locations and styles. We're in the middle of the brand business, and Toys R Us is in the single most credible, trusted, and beloved toy brand in the world. The new chairman and chief executive, Ossifer. Oh, Ossifer, there's no blood in my alcohol system. <laughs> uh, executive officer of WHP Global revealed to CNBC in an interview that uh, we're coming uh, we're coming off a year where toys are just on fire. And for Toys R Us, the U.S. is really a blank canvas. The reconstructurings uh, took a big toll on the company when COVID, uh, and then COVID hit, hopefully once in a century. But now they're getting past those two things, the sky is the limit. A couple of things 
that's interesting here is that collecting has because of COVID has made a huge comeback across huge. the map. Huge. And in every category too. In every category. Uh the other thing I find interesting though too is that toys that's what that's part of the reason why they say they're coming back. So how can they take Toys R Us and make it a more I feel like it was like the Wild West late as as they've went out. Like they it was a, so much trash in there. It was literally that it was like anything they thought they could sell, pump it into stores, fill up the stores. I definitely see them coming back as a boutique. High end uh collector items, like not rare toys, but like more not of like, like a niche, th- but like a, like, like yes. a think geek. Yeah, more like a think geek, like more like uh I would say like curated toy sales. I think they'll still do the stuff to appeal to children and like those sections. I just don't think it will be like as five aisles of shitty toys when they could consolidate that into one aisle of the nice the the trending toys the stuff people want instead of being like it started turning into like a walmart toy aisle in every aisle yeah you'd be like oh those three things are cool but this whole aisle is trash toys nobody's buying but at the same time i think you know we say that as toy collectors ourselves true there was something about being able to go and just look at all the toys as a kid you know what i mean yeah i mean if they were trash and i've seen this lately as i've walked into our local Walgreens and other stores, but I in in just watching kids and having nieces of my own, it's like they always. And as a kid myself, like you're always like, oh, "Can I have that basketball? Can sure. I have can yeah. Can I have that pack of bubble gum? Oh, please, please." Like, as a kid, like brand names don't really mean much to you. You know, you know, you like Ninja Turtles. You know, you like LOLs. Absolutely. And you stick to those, but when. At the same time, like I've seen my nieces want like a random stuffed animal that just is generic as fuck, and like sure, you it's it's the it, so I think that was a problem with the model though. Like they, they, I I th- they just got to have a better balance. Yeah, maybe. they're not gonna have money to be able to just fill tons of stores right off I the mean, bat either. They are slow well, roll. Right, right. So I guess, but I guess what would fuel the bank bigger is probably betting on collector toys. Sure, I I think so. I think you gotta appeal to where the money's at. Do you open? Uh, do you open also open the door to like the resale market? That's that's a great question. I was just thinking to myself: Does it become something like that where there's like a, there's like, like a, inside a, an every, aisle or like a, a, yeah, a place for old toys? toys. There's like a small. I would almost call it like a toy pawn shop, right? Where it's like, hey, this is where people in the local community bring their toys to resell, and if they pass our inspections, we sell them here. But this, it's like it'd be like a, still, it'd be a fun way inside the store to be like you're in. You know, how I used to enter the video game section. It was like its own little entry. Mm-hmm. This would be like this, like its own little entry to like re- right, re- like a resale little, toys like or a, whatever, like a collector's like, corner. There you go with like antique type yeah. stuff. And Jeffrey the Giraffe, they're just like, well, come on in, kids, or however the fuck he talked. <laughs> He's a giraffe, so kind of do whatever you want. Do you think it's funny that I mean, uh, yeah, I fuck it, it's funny yeah. that Blockbuster outlasted Toys R Us. I think it's crazy. Yeah, I think the fact that there's not one existing Toys R Us, that not one hung on and did what Blockbuster did. And that Blockbuster we talked about earlier, it's been kind of like its own little niche thing. That's why it's got but to toys hang are, on. But it was Toys R Us. Toys R Us should be taking note of that. True. Ca- capitalizing True. more of like a merchandise type of thing, maybe. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like if they did open up, and well, uh, that's what ma- the last. 
blockbuster in the world. That's what makes it special. That, yeah, now. yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody knew it was so a open thing until it became a thing. For I being mean, that. yeah. Open one store. That's like, yeah. Don't open a five-story one in Times Square. Open one off Times Square in like a smaller venue that's like got more collector. And also, I think regionally would be well. Key. They did do regionals that. the key. Open like the the heavy collection ones in areas that have a lot of collectors, and open the bigger toy stores in more midwestern markets. You know, places that people are just like, oh, whatever. Or we'll take my poor, my poor stupid kids. We'll get them stuff. Or I mean, from a business standpoint, do you think it they would do better to open up inside of a Walmart or a Target as a interesting po- as like a their toy corner? I'm seeing some articles saying Toys R Us stores coming to Western New York and coming to this area, right? But I kept thinking in my head like. Wouldn't it be interesting if Toys R Us existed? If the toy section at Walmart was all branded Toys R Us, and the idea was exactly we, almost like American greeting cards. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're buying greeting cards in a superstore, right? American greetings. It says that whole section is installed by American greetings, set up, stocked. Right. It's independent of the Walmart. Right. Why not do that with Toys R Us? Hey, we spoil the toys. We do all that bullshit for you, but we obviously take the money from it. And blah, 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 blah. yeah, it's a licensing deal. Yeah. Who knows? That could be fun. And it would say, I mean, it, everyone wins on, well, Almost. I don't know, the, I think the collectors lose on that, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway. Well, last story <laughs> here uh, for the folks at home who are waiting for more stories or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say last, la- I said I meant to say last story for the folks at home, and I said last story for fucking who gives a shit. Yeah, I hear you awesome. Um, so this is the last one. It's called Guess Woo. Uh, so we are obviously going to get into WandaVision and talk about that as our main topic tonight really quickly, but, um, not really quickly. I mean, soon we'll get to it. Uh, and, but there is one story that was really important because it's something that I'll just spoil this for you was not answered in the finale. So this is big news coming out of Westview, New Jersey. WandaVision director, Matt Schachman, uh, confirms that fans will find out the identity of Jimmy Woo's witness. If you remember in the very first episode when Monica, no, the third episode. Yeah. Yeah, the third, the third episode when w- Monica shows up to Westview, she meets Jimmy Woo. Fourth episode. Fourth episode. He does his little card trick. He says, yeah, I'm checking on this town because I have a oh someone in witness protection that's in there. We never get to find out who that person is. It's not there. So there were theories going around, but whatever. So in terms, so this is what the director said. He said, in terms of nobody knowing that Westview exists, Westview does exist, and that's why Jimmy's there. But the people in the environment have forgotten it because Wanda's made it so. She's created a kind of black hole there so she can be uninterrupted, but people won't find their way in too much. In terms of the missing person, there's an answer for that, and, you know, hang in there. So he's basically saying, when we see the two cops say, you know, they say, what town is this? And they go, there's no town here. And they go, where are you guys from? We're from Eastview. There's no town called Westview. He's saying, you know, that's because in their minds they don't see anything there. Uh, but the real question of this missing person, who is it? Who could it be? Oh, Mama Mia. Uh, there's going to be an answer to that. So that's exciting to know that there's going to be a solve to one complaint that a lot of people had with the final episode. Like, they didn't ever tied that thread off. And then now he's coming out there's saying, don't many. worry, folks. It'll It's it's coming. I, I feel like that's, what do you call it, fiddle fodder? Sure. That's not the right phrase. Close enough. I loved it. Fiddle fodder it it's is. Fo- it's something fodder. It's cannon fodder? No, whatever. One cannon of those. fodder works. It's, it's fucking fodder is it's what it is. Fu- for one thing, this is for sure, Brad. It's fodder. I don't think. I don't. Hello, I'm, fodder. This is my opinion. Hello, mother. Remember that one? 
<laughs> on a Simpsons. Hello, Mara. Hello, Fada. On the recording. Yeah. Wasn't it an answering machine? Yeah, it's an answering machine. Uh, uh, anyways, go in. Uh, what I this is my opinion, and obviously we're gonna really get into WandaVision. Uh, but just on this note, I think by saying that he's covering bases. I don't think, I don't think we'll actually. I don't think I don't see it popping up unless they do a second season. I think it will. It's not gonna fall. Oh, I know what you're saying right now. It's not gonna and be I in completely a movie. agree. Yep. All right. Speaking on that note, Chris, this is getting to this main topic. We're talking WandaVision. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, WandaVision, we did not talk two episodes. We're going to talk the penultimate and the finale. I think we did talk, we talked the last episode. We sure did, you're right. We didn't talk the final episode. I think I have something wrong with my brain. It seems like you've been here here longer than you have. I know, it feels like I've been in New York for months. I've been here two weeks. Not Not even, I've been here ten days. Yeah. it's got a the whole season ended up getting a ninety one percent solid from um, critics and an eighty one percent from fans. We're gonna talk about this final episode very briefly. It's been a while, so the spoilers going forward. I'm sure everyone's sure. seen it already, but uh, so I'm not even. I'm just gonna dive into. I'm not gonna talk about the episode yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. You know. Let's talk about it. We find out about uh, this Quicksilver. We find out about these kids. Vision. Another Vision. And yeah, uh, lots. I mean, we, there's a lot of things here. One thing before we talk, and I think it's really important we tell the viewers at home what we know. The viewers, uh, huh? The viewers, the viewers of the Listen. listeners. Listen. They might be looking at us. We don't know. They could be looking at a picture of us, listening to our voices. Um, one thing that's important to know is that there was some COVID did cause some issues with Wandavision. A small one being that when the show first dropped, two episodes were supposed to drop. Instead, uh, or excuse me, three episodes were supposed to drop on the same day, but right. instead we got two episodes. We so got one. I think that can. Contri- no, we got one. No, we got two. No, the we first got one. Was two. No, we didn't. We got one. No, we got two. No, we got one. I watched both episodes. Really? Go back on the podcast. So wait, there was supposed to be three, and they only launched one. Correct. Oh wow! See, that even does more. So basically, they only did one episode. So I think that that really contributed quite heavily to the slow burn. If you think about the first three episodes of the show being trapped in the Wanda world before you end up, they should have dropped the they should have dropped the first three because if you watch the first three, it gives you, it gets you more hooked. Absolutely, and it it also introduces outside world. You knock out all of the slow burn in one sit down of watching the show instead of over three weeks. People complain in the beginning, it's too slow. Yeah, I didn't I like don't it. Like it. And then as soon as they watch, like, oh, as soon as they got to episode four, five, six, I'm so hooked. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was a big contributor. And, and also that comes to the fact that this show was supposed to have 10 episodes. It ended up having nine episodes. Um, some of the things Brad and I were talking about, like the Jimmy Woo thing, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of loose threads. And, and we'll get into that yeah. bef- before we get out of here. But uh, let's talk this ending. Uh, we see, you know, let's just get into that because I don't even – I think – the only cool thing, really, that came from that last episode is we saw a new costume. Yeah, and and I think for me it was learning about the Scarlet Witch more than anything else. I don't really I, the the costume really got me going. I mean, I think it's a really amazing design. It yeah, has some homages to Magneto even. Um, there's but, a cool, yeah. there's a great touch, and you, you see when she becomes the full Scarlet Witch, she gets the full leather with the cape. You know what we're talking about. I mean, there's even a great small thing where in her collar 
is a cutout that's the same shape as the mind Vision. stone that's yeah. in Vision's head. Yeah, yeah. It's like little things like that details. But for me, I say that because, yes, magic, this is our first time we're really dealing with witchcraft and anything outside of the sorcery. But, I mean, I honestly love the idea of learning that the their take on the Scarlet Witch being more like the Phoenix Force. It's something that chooses you because you have magical abilities, and now you're basically a harbinger of something bigger. Just like Storm has the Shadow King in her, it's a reoccurring thing in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I was all on board with that. I think, I do think the latter episodes are better than the first ones. I mean, if we go back and watch that first episode, I don't know how important it is to the story. It's really just to be, and I, I was thinking a lot about this, how I think those the first episode, especially the first two, are really just supposed to make you feel a little off kilter. Like you as a viewer are supposed to feel like something's wrong with what you're watching. And that's a big gamble because it's even we talked about, we go back and watch the episode, like the way they do camera things. They make it feel a certain way and then make you be a part of it by changing the camera or changing these little subtle things. I'm like, Man, no wonder people were like, I don't really love this because it just felt like you were watching something you didn't need to watch. And uh, um, let's we'll use this right now to yeah. get into our unanswered questions and lots let, of unanswered questions and letdowns. Um, and this is why I love our show because sometimes I my opinion changes with what Chris says, even when he announces Lawrence Fishburne. You know uh, what? We'll, we'll, we'll get, get into we'll, that one, Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Ooh, that. I took a swing at that one. Um, but with what you're saying, and I get there's a, a a lot of things were at stake here with Marvel and 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 Disney and whatever. Like this whole MCU thing going into COVID, having to Audible and Black Widow not coming out, and and I, this is actually supposed to be the third thing to come out. I believe on Disney Plus, third show, no uh, Black Widow, Falcon Winter Soldier, and then no, we were I think we weren't supposed to get WandaVision for quite some time. But anyway, right, I remember it that. ended up being the the kickoff, which I think everyone was excited for, and and, and so be it. But they took a sh- they took a swing, uh-huh. but I just don't those first episodes are completely irrelevant like and it, it was so weird it was so fun but at the same time like didn't mean anything like you it's they're they just put, really to build to world build and, and not in a but real we already world. know about the world like yeah. yep why we never get the, the, there's no payoff to why she created this television show no only and, and i would honestly argue even that like they pulled back a little bit on her, her breakdown. I think they actually did it pretty well that it was they tied it into being about grief, not about like mental insanity, which is what House of M did too. Except for House of M, me, you and I are more used to a House of M event where it changed everything and she was like really fucking bonkers. Uh, to this one where she's just like dealing with something and not really at times. But what's the point of the television shows? For fun, for us. Like, I would argue that that's the only reason those ones exist is to show that something's weird and to just have some fun and make something different. Because where would you have opened the show? You're, they hand you the pen, they say, Brad, cut the, you don't, you don't like the first episode? Cut this. Where do you start? You start with Sword showing up and being like, there's a fucking goofy TV show on the TVs. No, I think. Do you edit the fourth episode into the first three so that you're seeing more 
the back and forth between the people on the outside. I, again, I, I think I think this is my first gripe as I think about it and watch the full season is I don't think the television shows are relevant. I don't see you take take that out. If we're if we're modern day, she went through this town, changed everyone's thing. Sure. Because it, it wasn't like when when they snapped out. Sure. It wasn't like they're like. Now with you, I don't know what's going on. If it's 1950 or if it's 2010, yeah, I don't know what's like, happening. Like, it's all they crazy. Were like, wow, you locked my children away. So I, I that again, my point is like, no one's like, no one. I mean, there's no answer to that. There's no like, oh, she made this show what so she could show people outside of the hex. I think she's just doing it for herself inside. I think worth anything for me on a, maybe a more comic level. What I enjoyed. It, and it's so funny that I didn't. I caught this when I watched the finale the second time. But this whole idea that whoever says, "Uh, yeah, Agnes," when she's talking to her, says, "This power, ma- chaos, magic, the Scarlet Witch makes you more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme." Right. Which in my head, I was like, "Oh, I wonder who's stronger," because we've seen sorcery. I liked that part a lot because I think the first episode is literally just showing that she can do something that nobody else can do: reality manipulation. Like this idea that she can make something in trauma. And nobody's any wiser. They're all slaves to it. Even Vision doesn't know what's going on because he's not real. But I just feel like it was building this idea of how powerful she is. And honestly, I, I can agree with you here. I can appreciate that now when I think about it. I don't know if I felt that as I was watching it. As I was watching the first two episodes, I wasn't like, wow, Wanda sure is strong. No, Because at that point, I still thought somebody else was doing it. My theory was that she was being exactly. manipulated, not her. Now if I go back and watch those first ones, I might be a little more like, Man, she just did all this just to do it. Like, that's okay. You know what I mean? Just to build it. Do I think it needed... Here's the real question for you, and I think I might even answer that first one I asked you. I don't know if you need to go every genre. I don't know if you could... I think you could have not started with Dick Van Dyke. I think you could have started with the Brady Bunch, and you would have been fine. Yeah. It felt like there were one too many of the before we get to S.W.O.R.D. interpreting the messages. And I will say this. I think um, had there been a payoff of her being trapped somewhere or her being manipulated somehow, but we didn't get that payoff. Like, we didn't, a lot of the stuff that we were expecting to happen obviously did not happen. Oh boy, talk about it. And I'm going to get into one of the, one of the questions that you brought up um, just to move on, but Hastings, right? That's his name? Hayward. Hayward. Director of Sword. Hastings is a store? In tra- Hastings was a store. Yes. <laughs> Hayward. Much like WandaVision was a show. The very first time I was well, I first watched the thing and Hayward, you know, he's obviously a little mad with power because he wants to get vision back, a very expensive, valuable weapon. Which uh, he was tracing, but how could he be tracing a he fake was tracing vision? fake vibranium. I guess you could say that she made him out of vibranium. Whatever. Um the whole idea that that he br- he gets in the pr- the hex opens he takes he says let's go and he pushes the military in there and then he hits a he he says okay you're under arrest take out Wanda kill Wanda Maximoff shoot some kids and then he pulls his gun and he sh- tries to shoot the fake kids Monica gets in the way uses her Polaris powers to stop the bullets until Wiccan catches one whatever and then he's arrested and I kept thinking to myself how is Jimmy Woo who works for the FBI, how does the FBI have oversight on S.W.O.R.D.? 
because that seems like, and I know that you could be like, somebody could be like, well, if you look in the records, uh, the FBI actually oversees the uh, CIA and the uh, scientists. Uh, the only thing, up. I mean, unless SWORD's a, a private sector. Which it's not. It's, it's a, a government-run, government it's, it's S.H.I.E.L.D., but SWORD. It, which was originally done for space stuff, but they changed it. Well, I think that that's what's clever is that they have these terrible acronyms, like SHIELD was whatever, Strategic Homeland, whatever. But SWORD stands for Sentient Weapon, whatever, 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 right? So that's, Vision that's, is a sentient weapon. He that's technically, in the MCU. Yeah. Whereas and, if you, and I think it's even funny that... In the comics, Captain, so it's world, right? Or like, yeah, something like that. It's more space driven. If they put it into space, a sentient weapon would be Captain Marvel. It would make sense that Nick Fury would start something to deal with interplanetary threats from sentient weapons. You could even argue that Thor is a sentient weapon. He has thoughts. He's can destroy a whole town. Sure. So the fact that this guy ha- is looking for Vision, it makes sense. What and he's didn't also, get me is he's he, also where in, did he overstep his bounds? But he's also in interim, right? Like he's not. Yeah, because the other one's dead, so he just hasn't been formally. Right, right, right. So it's this weird thing where I was like, as he's being arrested for time watching, I'm like, what's he arrested for? For kicking out people who are getting in the way of his investigation? For shooting at imaginary kids? Where's he getting arrested? Watching through the second time, I'm like, I guess he overstepped his power. Monica or Jimmy has a conversation with him, and he bas- and, and Jimmy says, when the FBI gets here, they sure are going to be mad at you, partner. And Hayward says something on the lines of, I'm pursuing the most valuable weapon ever. They're going to thank me when I get it back, and they're never going to know about all the bad things I did. And it was kind of like... Well, he was also like, well, yeah. it's all on tape. Yeah. I guess... Uh, <laughs> I guess you could probably trace a line to the fact that, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. had to be destroyed because it was infiltrated by HYDRA, and his actions were a little shady, and Nick Fury wouldn't like that very much, but Nick Fury's not in charge of the FBI. So it's this weird thing where I'm like, whose jurisdiction is he in? I mean, Where does this fall? Is sort of about the same level as NASA? Because that would make sense. It seems like if if you have a satellite full of scrolls, and a weapon that can decimate a planet, you would probably outrank NASA. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. I mean, it's it's very weird and very unclear, which is again falls, I think, in the theme of this. That probably comes out season. from not from the distrust in government. A lot of things too, like it might all, be we all have a certain understanding that the CIA kills people. They well, just it, do that. Yeah, it might also might be along the lines of like. They just arrest him, and we'll figure it out later. Exactly. That's what I think. I think when we look at this, and like, a go- like I just find out, like a government agency where the guy has nefarious purposes to help the American people. Seems like he might get elected to be president. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, we just to move on. We 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 had so many theories, and we read so many theories Ugh. before. We talked about our theories, and we thought we had a good one, which we, I think we had a great one. We had a couple of great ones. Um, let's talk this quicksilver shit. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff. So Chris is a big subtitle guy. I'm not. Love the subtitles. And I didn't know this, but on the subtitle mm-hmm. for Quicksilver, it says on episode f- four, his very first line when he speaks episode, at the door. I don't think it's is it five. I think it's like five or six. When he knocks on the door and she opens, maybe seven. And he says, "Hey, no love for your big brother." Is his caption line when it, it calls out a character whenever they speak their first line, right? It said. Fox's Quicksilver. And then it said his line underneath it. That's the only time it did it. From then on, it just said Pietro. So 
in my mind, I was like, oh, there's vindication, there's justification that this is actually the Quicksilver from the X-Men Fox movies because they put there. Now, the more I thought about it, I realized that was probably a, contra- a contractual obligation. The legal team said, because it's his likeness and his power, you legally have to say that one time, and then you never have to say it again. Very, uh, I don't under, I, we don't know because we... Absolutely. It's all speculation, but I think... I think that's very interesting, and I feel like we, what this was around the same time that you brought on the whole keep, keep it simple, stupid, absolutely. And now, refresh my memory on that. You said the that, theories that well, my theory was something along the lines like it, it wasn't going to be Quicksilver, right? And your and I think we was, was that more Mephisto based. Yeah, it was like oh, he's going to be Mephisto. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The that idea was, that the the X Men were going to come or Reed Richards were going to come, which we'll get into. Um, my, my, I, I, I think that's when I started thinking like, we're all going to be let down. We all are coming up with so many theories that I think, and I think this is the problem. I'm going to get into the second. We all, we were, we were all coming up with so many theories about what this meant, what it could be and what it could do that it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Until it got to the point where it's like, man, there's no way they thought to do all these things. They're going to give us some cheese bread, easy little thing that goes down gentle because that's what they planned on. And and the problem with this is, where me and Brad, I think, got the most upset and frustrated is the fact that there were multiple points where whoever did the marketing for this show, they leaked out information that was supposed to make you speculate on things occurring. It was intentionally designed to make you theorize and make you want to keep watching for the big, big reveal. Yeah. Even though they knew there was going to be no big reveal. Nothing big was going to happen. Which, again, that's absolutely right. Because I feel like marketing on this show has definitely been, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be weird. Something's going on. We're going to have to figure this out. And as a MCU nerd, you're constantly hanging on every single word. And absolutely, this, absolutely, it goes back to like, these commercials, but before sure. we get into the commercials, because we had the there was multiple theories about that, right? I feel like the Quicksilver thing not only was a huge letdown. I'm also happy that it's not the multiverse shit. But, yeah, wasn't that a weird sensation? But it just turned out. Th- I mean, I don't know what. I don't really know what the best outcome after you've done what you've done. Sure. With this. Yeah, and this also probably goes back to like shows that are full seasons that are being filmed and then put out versus shows being filmed weekly, right? So you can't move, you can't adjust. Yeah, it's already done. And I think that this casting is definitely red herring, but what? There's got to be some kind of phrasing for this, but there's definitely like some. It was a tease. It was bait and switch is what it was. Exactly. 100%. And they say in their justification of it that, that he's no, you know, that it turns out the Quicksilver, this is nobody. This is not Pietro from the from the Marvel Universe. This is nothing. This is literally just jo- someone bewitched. It's a boner joke. It is a boner joke. But is that funny? It's not funny. And even more so, their justification coming out was, well, we picked him because in theory, in, in multiverse theory, someone close enough to your dimension would make you not you wouldn't believe like if tomorrow i woke up and brad was 
the Brad from two dimensions over and looked different, he would share enough similar particles. It's a whole thing. Enough similar similar particles in that that I would think that something's wrong, but I wouldn't address it. It's just like when you have a little deja vu or when you have a dream that you think was real. It's this idea that Wanda wouldn't question it, even though she would be questioning it. It creates this paradox of you're not the person, you are the person. And we actually see that later in the vision conversation. So that's a funny thing. But this whole thing was, hey, look, tease it, tease it. Bring them in so people are more comfortable with the multiverse when we launch it in Doctor Strange. Bring it, okay. But they kept pushing, he's a mutant. He's from the Fox movies. His name is Pietro. It's all going to work out. Right. Now, I want to <laughs> I want to go back on that because, yes, multiverse was, like, obviously the hot topic. Sure. Going into, you know, I guess this is what happens when you don't get Marvel shit for a year. Um, but go crazy. But it's the same thing with the last Spider-Man movie. Yes, yes. And how oh they're opening up the multiverse, and he you know you see Peter Parker, and he's like, that's a thing, like that's real. Yeah. Ah, and, and then, then it's that, not. that turns out to be fake. It's like they're it's like they're slow rolling it so much. The Mysterio thing. Let's have him bring up the multiverse to show that the other heroes can understand it. Even though they brought it, they brought it, it up in they brought it up in Doctor Strange the exactly. first time. Now they're saying, okay, in this one, let's let's tease it in a different way. So then Doctor Strange, when he's going fighting other Doctor Stranges or whatever the fuck's going to happen, it's not going to make people lose their fight. It's, it's almost like they're saying, if we don't get Doctor Strange 2 right, we're going to fuck up all the other movies. So let's make sure people are real comfortable with this idea of being the things being goof troop. Which is weird, because it ends up doing things like you already said. The commercials being weird. Well, I, and before, before we jump into that, I just want to say this seems like a very... Cry for wolf scenario. Sure, absolutely. By the time we do get this multiverse, are we going to be like, oh, full fucking cool? It makes Finally. you. I think that it's a dangerous gamble. I think when they pitched this, they said, let's put this information out there almost as a guerrilla marketing campaign where we'll lie, and people will be so intrigued they'll keep wanting to learn more. Well, now I'm thinking. So in Spider-Man three, is any of the stuff they've said true? In Doctor Strange, is any of the stuff they've said true? I right. don't know what to believe going forward because now you've taken my trust and you've hurt the idea that I can't theor. I couldn't. There's no way you and I could have got the outcome correct. It's like a really poorly written mystery novel. The best mystery novels, you can solve them. At some that, point in the book, so they think, let you figure out on your own how to solve who the killer was. So do you think if if fans don't figure it out, or if nobody figures something something out? It's more of a letdown? Going, to, uh, just keeping with the mystery novel, that's like a huge thing. Like, if you're reading a mystery novel and it's like a murder, oh, this is so interesting, so interesting, Sherlock Holmes, whatever. And then in the last five pages, the person, the murderer turns out to be a character. The pizza guy from the beginning. You've never met and has never been introduced. If it's like, oh, it was my cousin John, he murdered my husband, and you've never met the cousin John, that's a bad mystery novel because along the way, you never had the opportunity to help solve the case. In this one, we never had an opportunity to help solve the case because every end, other than Agatha, it didn't deliver on any of the other things that made us feel like, yes, we we did, we knew, I called that. I knew that was going to happen. Nobody, on, as soon saying. as Pietro knocked on the door and opened, nobody said, that guy, he's just an actor wearing a necklace. I can already tell, probably has a name like Cocksucker or Boner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody said that. So you lose. And, yeah, this... That's that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way, but I I guess you don't. I guess I would think I would think that because nobody figured it out, it's a win. But at the same time, only if nobody figures it out, and they had a great example, Knives Out. 
that movie works so well because once you w- realize what happened, you can go, "Fuck, I could have solved that. I didn't see it coming, even exactly. though I yeah. should have seen so it coming." So it should have been. It should have yeah. been. A, yeah. You're like, "Oh my god, they gave me all the clues." In this one, you're like, "They gave me clues but, but that led the to end, the wrong place." But also, <laughs> at the same time, gives you a big reveal, yeah. which we didn't get. It would have been like if the whole time they teased that Agatha was Agatha, but, and then she ended up being Sue Storm. You'd be like, but all the clues you gave me along the way said she was this character. And you're like, we got you, you dumb son of a bitch. We didn't give you any clues. It's like, but you led me astray. <laughs> you didn't, you just tried to, you, they lied. They lied. And that's why you get, I'm going to skip the commercials one, mm-hmm. because this is where, down here, I love this one, Brad. Because where is Mephisto, Reed Richards, Magneto, Mutants, Doctor Strange, any other Luke? Uh, l- any other Luke Skywalker, Skywalker level, level reveal. reveal? I was going to say, I don't know who Luke is, but he wasn't there. Because <laughs> le- Paul Bettany said there's going to be a cameo from a legendary actor. Luke Skywalker level reveal. From how, the, how, none, none of that happened. None of it. How did it go? I mean, I feel like the Paul Bettany thing is something that I held on to every episode. Absolutely. And our only thing we can think of, I brought this up at the beginning, Doctor Strange was supposed to appear in the episode at the end. He was scheduled. I don't know if they actually shot it. It got cut. So he was at some point supposed to show up. Part of me, when we've gone back and forth on this, Paul Bettany and Doctor Strange and, and Ben. But they've been in a different movie. I know they did one, but it could have been him saying like, ooh, we've never no, done it, this. No, I think it's come I out. Just, I think it's so dumb that he said that. I really respect Paul Bettany. I hate the idea that he was saying legendary actor. It's me. I get to act alongside myself. It, and, it, and even looking back, it was also said by I think a few other people that so dumb that there was going to be this Luke Skywalker Unless that got level cut and reveal. they don't want to tell you what it was now. Can you imagine if they had freaking blank? No, Daniel Day Lewis was coming in to do it to be Mephisto, and it got cut, and they were like, "Fuck it, nobody can say who it was going to be." Well, they did say. Th- <laughs> I mean, they did say that. Uh, no, he said goddamn word. One of the things that did come out was that the rabbit was supposed to turn into a demon. Yeah, it was like a demon that she. When had. the kids and. Yeah, the kids in Vision were supposed, to, or the kids in Monica were supposed to fight the rabbit to get the book. In the basement. In the basement, but while Vision was fighting Vision, and while she was fighting Agatha. But that got cut. Storyline cut. So all of a sudden, the ki- and Dar. Oh, and Darcy. So Darcy gets one scene where she hits Hayward. Anyways. Yeah, because she was unavailable. We for keep the going back, but the idea is like they gave us all these breadcrumbs and they led nowhere. So what's coming next? Let's talk that. Sure. We get the, we get two cutscenes. Mm-hmm. We get, we get the a, a secret Monica. invasion. Monica. Oh, the secret invasion. The, where she's looking at somebody yeah. needs to talk to you. It's me, a scroll up there. Setting up Secret Invasion, which is another show that will premiere next year. Uh maybe twenty twenty yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next year. If everything works out. Um, and then we see there's another scene mm-hmm. where we see Wanda having a little cup of tea. tea. She's probably in, in a cabin Columbia. where Mark Wahlberg hangs out in a movie called Shooter. Yep, yep. Or uh, kind of gives hints of Edward Norton at the end of The Incredible Hulk. An isolated place where she can be alone and can't hurt anybody. And she's – and then it – the camera passes her, mm-hmm, and we see, which is a great tracking shot, yes, by the yeah, way. And we see her, uh, we see her doing some magic yeah, learning, she's floating and she's learning the book of the damned. Much like, it. much like um, Doctor Strange, while he's asleep. Yeah, when learning. he does, and that's what the, I think that the first time around I said, "Wow, she's astral projecting," which 
when Doctor Strange did that, he can't. His normal body has to go to sleep. So the fact that she was doing that shows how much stronger she was. And then watching it a second time, it's actually called out that she's stronger than him. Yeah. In her Scarlet Witch form. Exactly. It'd be like your. It'd be like a Super Saiyan form for her. So interesting stuff to see. You know what she's gonna do next. We know she's gonna appear, or maybe unless they lied to us in Doctor Strange two. Um, we don't know, but we still don't know how big that's gonna. We be. We don't know how that's gonna be. Yeah. And I think also that's fun, interesting about that end scene there. It sets up a lot because you've already had Agatha basically say, "By accepting this role, you're ending the world. You're gonna need my help against whoever big demon comes for you." And next. She's like, "I know where to find." And you. then she's reading the book that will give her the ability to destroy the world. So she's becoming immensely powerful with the most dangerous kind of magic. So double whammy, and Doctor Strange can't stop her. I th- uh, yeah, we get that. Uh, the other thing too is Vision. This is another one of those unanswered thing. He goes, sure. "I am Vision," and yeah, just new Vision flies, off flies off to God knows where. I'm guessing to go find himself or learn or maybe Wakanda, maybe to Tony Stark. No, he's dead. I got nothing. I thought one of the cutscenes would be Vision at the lakeside. I thought that would have been a cool one, where they sent the little Tony Stark thing off. Oh, him there. If it was like he went to the lakeside where, uh, you know, because he never got to mourn that death. Yeah, that's why Paul Bettany didn't get that big check. Yeah. Dummy. That's probably why he said. That's why he's pissed. Yeah. So that's coming next. Uh, uh, Do you you see a season two? I think there is. uh, Absolutely. I don't know if I want to see a season two. I'd love a season two. I think it could do some really fun things with her and Vision trying to find each other. People are still going to be on the hunt for Vision because he's super valuable. And she is obviously wanted. I think it could be a fun little caper with a somebody hunting them. Maybe a Thunderbolt Ross turns into Red Hulk. Ooh, now we're cooking. Or somebody. I, I don't want to see Red. I don't want to see Red. Uh, what's his name? Who's a great mer- who's a who's a strong mercenary? I already took out Taskmaster. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. You know, you hire somebody to go take him out. Wolverine. Yeah. Wolverine. They go say go hunt. Uh, Anyways, we'll see what happens. Very exciting stuff. Splash Trash or Mad Chris? Oh, it's definitely a splash for me. I think the production value is high. I think the storytelling is fun. I think it has some unanswered questions and it has some issues. Acting was phenomenal. Cinematography was great. The villain was pretty good. The magic worked for me. I think it set up some really cool directions. The same way Doctor Strange was. Doctor Strange was a fucking weird movie. When people watched it, among all the other Marvel movies, it was fucking weird. But I like it because it's weird. But visuals are paid up. Exactly. And that's why I think in this one, the production value, especially on the TV sets, how well they did that. And and the the little stuff. Like we were talking about last night. Like when they shot the Dick Van... It's in the assembled documentary. Everybody dressed up on set. It's just a fun way to create a cool atmosphere. I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah, he's rolling his eyes hard because Brad doesn't like stuff like that. I mean, it's just... He doesn't like when people come together to really just make something fun and creative. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like anything because everyone, everyone else, else like cherished it. it. Not for me. I'm gonna give no it a, thanks. I'm gonna give it a man. I don't. <laughs> I think there's way too many. Toy Story old. One. It's a. It's a trash. <laughs> oh, I, you guys liked Up. <laughs> man, that's Brad. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it a man just because. Uh, the setup isn't there. I don't think the TV shows make any sense or are relevant. I think it does a poor job of continue on the mcu stuff as far as what's next i do think that the production all that stuff is cool and great and fun you know i'm not i think the way they did it is is stellar top notch you know i i like that they went back and did the practical effects and all that stuff i just don't think it correlates or is relevant to any of the story 
uh, going forward. And it, I, I will say it had a big obstacle of coming off of. It's just not the next thing that we needed to see. I think in the MCU, I think they hyped up way too much. Uh, we were already hungry, so I don't think we needed the hype. Yeah, it but so that. so that's what it, that's where it sits for me. I don't think I would put this in my top ten. If I were to consider this season a movie, I wouldn't put it in the top ten. There you go. You heard it here, folks. With that being said, let's talk some Falcon Winter Soldier real quick because it starts Friday, and I have a very odd. Uh, now I'm in a weird space going forward of what to expect from the second Disney Plus MCU television show. Yeah. Which is going to be a completely different show. Uh, completely in every single way. This is a buddy cop show. Still lots of what like leaking things. Sure. And lots of theories have already come out. Um, what do we le- Is there something we learned from WandaVision that we could take over to not be disappointed in this show. I love that. I love how you phrase it. I thought when you said what do we learn, I thought you meant like what do we did the show let us learn anything? But you mean as a as a show what to not expect. Um you know, I I would say just be careful with your theorizing, but I don't think we'll ever see not ever. I don't think this show has the same strangeness as WandaVision. WandaVision invited you to theorize because you were like Okay, what the fuck is going on here? Falcon and Winter Soldier will probably be more like, what's Zemo up to? What's he trying to unlock? He's trying to do something kooky. You know, you won't really have that thing of like, is Falcon actually wearing a mask? And he's Steve Rogers? And they're all going to fly away? If it wasn't for you meddling children. Yeah, like, yeah, he pulls the mask off. Um, So I think that's like... I don't think you'll get the same sort of, like, I need to connect the dots. It'll be more like a spy thriller where you'd be like, okay, they're in a tight spot. How are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, I think, too, as I'm as I'm saying this, I think when you go into the movies, it, it's a little different in the sense of you're not, you know, you don't see, like, a clip of the movie and then go back to the movie you know, a week later. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think, But I think from the mountain they've built... They've got to mm-hmm. consider that. Absolutely. So, I'm I'm curious to see. I think this show is going to probably be my. I'm probably going to like a little bit more. I think. Uh, yeah. I think I'll love. I love. Now, don't get. I don't want to get it twisted. Like I loved that this was basically Wanda's uh, origin story. Sure. And I think it definitely needed to be told. Absolutely. I, so I think it's definitely holds weight in there, but. This is going to be more of a continuation mm-hmm. to what I'm, what we're seeing. Answering and, um, a lot of que- much more Winter Soldier. I mean, and I don't mean the character. I mean Captain America, Winter Soldier. Much more along those. Yeah, lines. yeah, yeah. It's going to be intrigue. It's about the world and how it moved on after Captain America and the espionage missions and shit like that, which could be fun. Should we? Do we have expectations of it being less Russo Bros? No, it, already from the shots, it feels Russo Bros. Um. Now, one of the biggest hyped things, and I got to talk about it because it's one of the biggest Marvel characters of all time. They go to Magipore. Yep. I mean, how do you not theorize Wolverine? You'd have... It would be a very strange but very believable way. 
especially if he is X-Force Wolverine, where he's an assassin working for a shady government facility or covert military group who comes head-to-head with these two other covert military groups. But you then and then you could just give you know you could just hype Wolverine. You'd get some other villains in there that work for X Force. I and then s- at the end of the show, he goes off on his own way, and we don't see him again for a while. But I don't don't but, get your hopes up, folks. That's what I'm saying. Don't so, get like, your hopes you up. You kind of just told a story there. For, that, that's very fitting for Wolverine. That's how the only way I could see it going. But I mean, I st- in my personal opinion, I think it's way too early for Wolverine to make an appearance. Number one, and I think. Uh, because of casting reasons, I don't. Absolutely, I don't know. You gotta lock somebody in. You put him in this movie, unless, unless you put him in a, a mask. You could give him his newer mask, when it covered his whole face, and then people would we've know ne- it's Wolverine. Yeah, we'll, but you don't have to cast nev- him necessarily. Yeah. Well, I guess we always knew that Winter Soldier was Bucky. Yeah, he wore that little one, and but if he still, as, as a comic, you knew that it was the Winter oh, Soldier. Oh, it's Bucky Barnes in there. Yeah. Like this one would be like, oh, and they had already cast him in the first movie, so Sebastian Stan was already locked in. You could introduce Wolverine, but you could put him in a costume where you never see his face. Like Thanos? Like um, they did with Thanos? Yeah, exactly. Or Black Panther, when he has his mask on, you could make it so the Wolverine suit was always on. And he's like just some sort of foreboding, computerized voice thing. Who knows? And then at the end, he gets loose, and you know he goes off on his own. Or he just goes back to X-Force. And five years later, you see him in another movie. That, that helps your casting issue, but don't get your hopes up, people. They're not bringing Wolverine into the show. Yeah, there's no way. But okay, so then I'll, I'll say this: Why go to Mad? Why go there at all? Because it's a it's got a name, because it's a fictional place, and they only have so many fictional places in the Marvel universe. But how do you again? So, I guess this is my question though: Like, why why flirt the flirt? Why not send them to? Why not send them to Afghanistan? I mean, why I'll send be- them to Mangapore? Madripoor. Whatever. Why not? I mean, are they gonna do this with Latveria? Because like I'm, I would flip my shit. I'd probably stop watching movies. Yeah. They no, maybe. I don't know. I think it's just convenient because you there's only so many countries. They, they try to make up countries to send them to. And screw. If you say Afghanistan, then you've dated the show. You have to make a fictional country, and they're just pulling from what they have, a fictional country that's in war, a war torn state. Well, we'll see. I can't. We're gonna have to wait and see. I'm. I wanna. I think I'm going into this one low expectations. Yeah, just go and enjoy a, a buddy. I don't want to theorize. Break. I don't want to theorize anything. Jesus Christ! It's Jason Bard. I'm, I'm sure after every episode, new theories come out, and we'll have more of them here. So stay tuned. Uh, well, this has been a longer episode than normal, but kickoff episode. We still want to hear your thoughts on WandaVision. Are you disappointed? Are you satisfied? Are you still hungry for more? Are you trying to? I mean, I'm I'm been hooked in for years. So like, even if I don't like a project, I'm still gonna watch everything else. Hell yeah. Um, anything else to say on those two topics, Chris? Nothing else. Excited to watch. Excited to talk about it. Thanks for being here, folks. This is gonna be a hell of a new run and a new age for G Splash. So, buckle your belt and get ready to rock and roll. It's going down, baby. Uh, we'll see you next week right here on the Dopest Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Bax, my man, Chris Bucky Watts. We out of here, baby. Peace. Hey. 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 Hey.